All right, we're here with Cleaner Than Your Vegetables podcast. I'm Pat Malo, cannabis enthusiast, advocate, and um, just constant learner. So we're here with uh, Angus Mills from uh, Strong Agronomy, Coastal Sun, Moon, and Star. Um, As always, this show, Cleaner Than Your Vegetables, brought to you by EnviroCan. Um, And what we seek to do here is discuss, debate, and address the issues that arise navigating the legal um, cannabis, hemp, and uh, boutique ag um, industries. So um, Angus... First off, you know, we'll start with what's on, you know, the topic of the day that everyone's dealing with. And, um, you know, cannabis is no exception um, in agriculture of the coronavirus. And, you know, cannabis has has been deemed essential. So how are you uh, dealing with being essential? Yeah, no, thanks, Pat. I uh, I really appreciate being here and and appreciate you taking the time to be here and and, uh, putting this together. We, uh, you know, it's it's a crazy time. Um, We're all kind of trying to make good decisions and, and guide our, our, uh, day-to-day, you know, operations in the context of, you know, limited exposure and, you know, handling the scenario day by day, but truthfully it's spring. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, with springtime, there comes a lot of business and a lot of, a lot of things to get done. So, um, it's been incredibly busy, even though we are, you know, trying to maintain a, a level of quarantine and limited exposure and, you know, kind of maintaining sort of those, those parts of the the day to day, but it's been very very busy, and I think a lot of folks are concerned, and there's a lot of anxiety, but there's also a lot of you know critical thinking that's happening. I, I see a lot more response in terms of community and people supporting each other, checking in, being you know conscientious of you know variables and timelines, and you know having to deal with all the circumstances around it. It's also been really interesting to see the you know the the demand and and the attention that's been put on our food producers and cultivators yeah. and, and all ag. Yeah, and it, it's it's interesting because there's been, you know, kind of the headlines of the uptick of people going and stocking up on cannabis, and there's been some record days at retailers, but then there's also been a drop in, um, you know, overall sales as people hunker down. And then food is really interesting where a lot of us got our food at, you know, at restaurants at different parts of the supply chain. And so have you seen in the ag world down here a lot of adjustment to getting, you know, blueberries? I know you you all do. Are those going more to supermarkets? Or how's that all working in cannabis and ag in general? Yeah, no, it's um, it's brought a lot of attention. Um, you know, our, our, our mission from the strong agronomy standpoint is to grow, you know, phytonutrient-dense food and, and provide something that's going to help humans stay healthy. Um, and so the demand has been robust. In fact, um, you know, we've, we found that majority of our fruit is going to CSAs and, um, you know, groups that are able to get their, their produce delivered. Um, so that's been a a big push. Um, it's also been really exciting to be working with the local CSAs as, you know, local farmers are kind of managing the influx of attention and demand. Um, and it's all, you know, I think it's all really pertinent and exciting stuff and, and the aspect of finding localized resources and managing that. From the cannabis perspective, I think that, you know, you're going to see um, a continuance in the demand for cannabis during times like this. Yep. One, because people have a little bit more time to enjoy. But, Absolutely. But also from the phytotherapeutic standpoint. I mean, um, you know, there's there's people that um, are utilizing cannabis from a, you know, a more therapeutic and, you know, healthcare uh, point of, of perspective and, and it's bringing attention to other value added, you know, things that help build our immunity or, or maintain human health. Um, just from the, the standpoint of how we, how we look at our, our, you know, day-to-day consumables. Yeah. 
No, and that's great. And it really touches on something that I think is a theme of all of our discussions that we have about, you know, especially with food, um, you know, the local supply chain is really essential. And in these times where everybody's stock, stocking up on frozen, you know, pizzas and meats and things, <laughs> the like CSA vegetable delivery seems like it's got a place in the future. And the essentialness of not just food, but all of the things that we need being able to have you know, not absolutely local, but regional supplies of these things is really essential. So I feel blessed to be sitting in this, you know, Pajaro Valley and what, looking at all these growing things to eat and being here instead of a lot of other places. But um, I think it does, you know, shine a light on what we need to do more of. And I think that the mission of, as long as I've ever known you has been that for you, right? Is I think we first met um, at a Mountain Feed, you know, and when you're yep. teaching the mountains how to uh, not pour chemicals into their uh, <laughs> beloved soils and teaching people about living soil and the consciousness around my microbes and really we're sitting here and you're still on that same mission it's just a, a different venue right Absolutely. and um what i think that you have and maybe we can talk more about now that we're getting into things is that you've been on a, a very interesting arc of you know starting and watching one and helping educate one uh section of or the industry as it existed in you know from 2010 to 2017 ish um, and then you've also watched that same tradition that or that same uh, transition that's happened into um, you know licensing different production methods high testing thresholds and all that and um, yeah how it's what's really so interesting is um, you know to me the the consciousness about microbes and how that you know and how to work with the life in your soil has been the theme of everything you've been doing and maybe we can do a little just brief arc of where we started and how sure. you know microbe consciousness and cannabis farming right, and yeah. beyond is gone for you well you know it's it's we're really fortunate to be in this industry the the cannabis industry has attracted a a wide range of perspective and you know a number of innovations and you know, the horticulture side and ag side of, of the production. Um, but it's also a really unique industry because the, the folks that are cultivating in this industry and a large percentage of the, the people that are involved um, have a much greater interest and value in how, you know, microbial systems, for example, are, are performing and working. Yeah. And um, because the, the crop itself is so highly valued, we pay such a close, you know, so, such close attention to it on a day-to-day, -day, you actually do see those plant growth responses mm -hmm. um and and that's been you know a really unique part of all of that we're really fortunate also to be as you said in this you know unique area that's so surrounded by ag and healthy produce and you know consciousness in terms of how we maintain our own individual health and the health of our ecological systems um that has brought a lot of resources and a lot of like-mindedness um, the conversations themselves, you know, that have evolved from all of the different stages and all the different parts of, you know, the industry that I've been involved with and um, especially here at this site have been really dynamic. And really what it boils down to is, you know, we really can see things from a, a nutrient cycling perspective mm -hmm. and the way that we manage resources that directly coordinate to our own individual health and, and also the health of, you know, even a business from the, the perspective of how, you know, business structure is designed. Um, so it's been really dynamic. I've learned a lot and I continue to learn every single day and I'm surrounded by amazing people that have, you know, an incredible amount of perspective to share. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's, that's really in life. I think there's nothing better than the ability to, you know, feel in, engaged and pursue something that 
is so much bigger than, you know, just what we are doing on our day to day. So it really is kind of a, a new paradigm shift in commercial ag. When a new crop like cannabis comes into uh, a market and has economic viability behind it, you have to build a sort of a, a production methodology around it, which could be understood as the agronomics around cannabis cultivation. But because of the constraints and understanding of the crop, the constraints and understanding of the genetic base, and the limited resources we have to really build that agronomics to produce cannabis correctly, you really have to begin from the the propagation um, and how you're getting your propagate um, from a nursery or if you're producing in-house, it's how you care for your mother's stock. Or if you're doing seed, it's how that seed was produced. Um, many of the residual fungicides and pesticides that are not allowed in commercial cannabis cultivation are systemic and uh, can be absorbed into plant tissue for multiple generations. So when you're looking at nursery stock and production of nursery stock, you really have to maintain the knowledge base of what and how that mother or what and how that nursery was maintained from, from a true, true analytic standpoint. Um, once you verify that you're beginning with a really clean start, then from an operational standpoint, it's integrating in your you know, fertility to maximize nutrient uptake in the crop so that they are super healthy crops. And the healthier the crop, the less pests and disease pressure you have. So really when it, when it comes down to managing a, a cannabis cultivation um, and, you know, defining it as different from other commercial uh, industries, it's, it's a big opportunity for us to drive and innovate in methodology, application, product, um, and knowledge and it really begins from you know where you start with your your start stock and how you maintain that that start all the way through its vegetative and then fruiting and flowering life cycles. Cannabis not only was a high value crop for a while and still is relative to other things um, but then there's also space constraints to work within the uh, legal medical system and your sure. allotments per patient so that really brought out an attention to these details and a lot of the the knowledge that we're now applying um, for you know to this new context of cannabis being farmed like any other ag product absolutely um, and so how what's the what's the main transfers because I think a lot of people who have grown organically have done it um, you know in the living soil um, methods and, and just building soil year after year mm -hmm. but what's really exciting here is that in some of the the areas where you're growing, you're still doing row crops and things, but you're also growing in a in a substrate and being really conscious of that nutrient cycling and the microbiome. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about how that um, how you're finding that these applications in a you know more conventional ag set or not conventional but a traditional non-cannabis agriculture setting are working out? Absolutely. I mean, really what we've, what we've set here is a, a stage and, and what we like to call it is an open source platform um, with the intention of finding you know, resources and manageable ways to grow food that, and, and cannabis that has the maximum nutrient density and, and the maximum uh, genetic potential that those crops can reach. Yeah, and, and, and nutrient density when it comes to cannabis would be, you know, higher 
percentage tests and more rich uh, terpenes. Well, you'd be looking at cannabinoid profiles, yeah. flavonoids. You'd be looking at terpenes and, you know, the full spectrum of, you know, those those valuable, you know, aspects, the way we look at compounds in the cannabis crop. Yep. Um, and then as we continue to evolve into that that general direction, you know, the the relationship with, you know, how plants are pulling heavy metals or, yep. you know, residuals of even organic fungicides or pesticides. You know, we're becoming more aware of, of all of those attributes. But really the core of all of this, the cusp of it all, is, you know, the microbial systems that we're dependent on. With growing anything organically, you're completely dependent on microorganisms to mineralize mm-hmm. and mobilize and cycle nutrients to your, your crop. Um, and there's, a, there's a, a lot of art to it in terms of understanding the mechanics of a system um, at scale and then also understanding the, you know, manageable ways to maintain and promote and build that microbial, you know, component of any production. Yeah. Um, and that's really the bioag paradigm. And it's incredible to be in the cannabis industry and to be in this unique part of California that's so agricultural intensive in terms of the economics and then you know pulling those together we're finding an immense amount of resources in pursuing that sort of focus on the biology in our system the the bioag yeah. aspect of our production and and you know a lot of folks they'll be getting the life into their soil through um, raw inputs and they'll be getting the you know dry amendments into the soil for that life to break down sure. just by pouring them in but you know in your greenhouses you have substrate and you're mixing you know uh, water soluble um, things for the most part right and you're putting in well, not exactly. the life and so so really I mean if you were to try to zoom into our particular methodology and substrate production here at the farm currently what we come in with is a an amended media or a substrate so you start to with something that's, kick off the microbiology yeah. the the activity in that system um, you know those amendments also provide nutrient values for the crop but those yep. nutrient values are only really achieved from mineralization they're and, only and as good as your uptake. life right so we come in with a, a you know, a, a nutrified media that we prepare very specifically with the intention of, you know, reuse and managing the microbiome of that container. Um, we grow companion plants in our containers in addition to the cannabis that's in that particular Yeah, and what companion pot. plants are you growing? So we'll grow like sweet alyssum, for example. We've been doing some trials with watercress in conjunction with uh, the cannabis crop in the in the greenhouses and then uh, white clover, low yeah. profile. And, and are those mostly for um, the kind of mulch benefits or do well, those plants of, have specific? There's, there's a lot of exchange. Um, yeah. So different plants provide different hormonal responses to different environments. And there's also key elements of you know, hormones that are exuding out of plant tissues that stimulate microbial activities. Um, And then with nutrient exchange, with uptake and nutrient availability. Um, So different crops have different tolerances for salinity and the ability to pull nutrients and stimulating different microbial responses from that, that kind of aspect. And by culturing a system that's biologically diverse, um, the the crops in this case are, you know, hosted by the microbes that are feeding them. Um, but in a big way, those, those containers that are, you know, full of microbes and amendments and, you know, the structural components of the growing media, the substrate, um, those are essentially little bioreactors, mineralizing, breaking down and making those nutrients available to the plant, um, simultaneously, you know, cycling nutrients and naturalizing to this unique environment. So microorganisms have to adjust just like anything to an environment they're in. So those are all aspects that we get to play with here. And, and with you know nutrient cycling and capture and recirculation off of our, our substrate production, 
um, qualifying, you know, organisms that have naturalized and building those organisms into larger populations to maximize the efficiency of our growing system is really the primary goal. And that's how we, you know, are able to grow super healthy crops yeah. at competitive, you know, price points with low pest and disease pressure. Last, uh, just question if we got one more, um, and we can do more discussions, yeah. I'm sure in the future, but, um, something that's really interesting for me, as you mentioned, you know, the, in this transition and stuff is that the, uh, the like kind of holistic approach to gardening, thinking about the, the way that you've described it. And I've always known you to describe it, um, is kind of a certain paradigm. And then there's the chemical farming, you mm-hmm. know, to, for lack of a better term. And, um, and a lot of people in cannabis, like everywhere, were, were doing some sort of paradigm that, re, you know, relied on a lot of, you know, chemical inputs. And sure. some of those chemical inputs actually became illegal to, you know, not re, under the current regulations um, that came in. Mm-hmm. You can't use those. And there's very low testing or um, low testing thresholds. And so a lot of the ways that certain folks were gardening with one system, a lot of their tools have been taken out of their tool chest, right? And the, the biological approach or the microbial conscious or living soil approach mm-hmm. has all those tools for the most part intact. It, there's, so, there's, there's many layers to that. Um, first and foremost, you know, every growing environment, every system has its variables. Um, and there's never, a, you know, one size yeah. fits all scenario. Uh, traditionally, I think what you're referencing is like, you know, nutrient programs and fungicides and pesticides, yeah. you kind of just follow the recipe, yeah. um, which is, I, I think, a great door opener for a lot of people to learn um, in terms of how plants respond and what those nutrient values respectfully mean and you know how we're utilizing them. Um, but really, if we were to drive the point forward in terms of how to look at something holistically, the big picture, the elements of the microbial processes and the, how the plants are responding to those, you know, microbial processes. And, uh, we started to reference, you know, the nutrient injection that we do. Yep. Really what you're doing is you're maximizing the efficiency of nutrients and delivery, um, from that microbial standpoint, because microorganisms are required to make those nutrients available, you have the ability to kind of coordinate that nutrient delivery through lab testing. So you are still doing lab testing from the fertility um, side. You're pulling analytics from the nutrient chemistry that's happening in the media. And that kind of guides the decision-making around fertility adjustments. Um, And so our injector is modulating based on a given day's paradigm of the weather. um, But then we also adjust fertility inputs based on the, you know, lab work from that particular unit of production. Um, And that's, you know, variable based on the time of the year or, you know, the the particularity of that crop. Um, And so all of those kind of things come together. And what it gives us is a, a, a dashboard of information to make decisions on and then evolve from that into understanding how the microorganisms that we're utilizing are performing and yeah. where we can focus and find efficiencies and, you know, incorporating pure cultures in addition to bulk, you know, mass diversity or, or peak diversity inputs. Um, and all of those things kind of coming together allows us to build kind of a, a program around plant health. And that's yeah. where we really achieve great things. And- and so what you're really advocating for, too, is, and I've heard it explained kind of where there's going to be life in your soil, whether you, you know, in any growing system, even if it's a chemical reliant one. To and, to, yeah. and to get to be aware of that and have that life work for you is, you know, some of the ideas that people who are started using the, you know, the mycorrhizing and things even mm-hmm. in chemical 
farm applications and so really you're with the substrate stuff you're getting a lot of the best of the uh being really conscious about making sure you have your microbes in your biome and then also that you're giving the things so that they can cycle through those nutrients and but you're also because it's in this whole systems approach you're able to kind of tailor make things and be really aware yeah. in, on the same level as the chemical farmers always bragged about. Well, you know, it's it's not it's not as precise um, because it is, you know, we're still working within the confines of, you know, from yeah, the lab work uh, from a, an MPK. Feed the soil uh, yeah, plant uh, well, feeds itself. Paradigm. That's the direction that yeah. we focus on, but from the lab work, we're still working within the MPK, you know, yeah. base um, in terms of how we understand nutrient needs for the crop and then building from that decision-making you know, con point or component from our day-to-day operation, building into the microbiome of that growing system. So for example, we'll build our growing media with, you know, components of like black peat or black humus um, or worm castings or compost, fully broken down organic matter. The life and NPK value. And then, you know, building uh, water capture and recirculation systems that are allowing through oxidation treatment, um, but still allowing for specific organisms that can survive that oxidation process to be recirculated back in. And those would be like our naturalized microbes that, you know, have direct symbiosis with these plants. Um, And then, you know, as we continue to to further that system, we're looking at it, you know, critically in, in the value of our inputs and how we're maximizing the efficiency of the nutrient components that we're utilizing. Um, you know, we, we really are, from the standpoint of managing a system, you look at it from the bottom line of, you know, how efficient is this nutrient performing from both the lab work and from plant growth response, yeah. you know? So, yeah, so you get, uh, you get to kind of catch a glimpse of how well your last, you know, estimates were right. and, and see what's in the soil and what you need to do better at through exactly. this testing along the way. So, so yeah. every run we get better and better. Every every production the the quality goes up and you know as we continue to improve our plant health is outrageous to the point where you know we're we're able to suppress those pests and those diseases. Yeah. Um, and really maximizing the efficiency of nutrient uptake. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I know you got to go um, and I there's so much to unpack on everything and there's so much more well, I'm for looking to share. Forward to our and so next I'm sure we'll do more. But any last words for everyone? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our next conversation. Um, it's a really exciting time to be in ag and to be in cannabis and you know institutions like EnviroCan that are evolving into providing support for cultivators and for consumers it's it's an amazing time it's yeah. going to bring a lot of value for everyone in, in our community and you know for everyone that's sharing this crazy floating rock in space yeah blessed to be breathing yeah. and thanks to have you here it's awesome appreciate it thank you <laughs>